Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. NFL Network analyst Charles Davis. The NFL Network provides live coverage of the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine, March 2nd through the 5th. Charles, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. How are you guys been? How's everything? We're doing really well. We are a little jealous that you're in Indianapolis. We're missing the Harry and Izzy's. We're missing the nightlife out in Indianapolis. But other than that, we're good. Interesting that you said Harry and Izzy. I didn't say St. Elmo's. I listen. I'm. I'm a. Well, I'm a, they, I'm they a are the same day. family. They are the same a little family. overrated. Got to be honest with you. You Ooh. know, they are the same family. Either that, or you know, obviously, you just don't want to put out big for a first date. I get it. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I am cheap. That is, it never underestimate how cheap uh, Nick Wilson is. So I get it. I got to earn it. I get it. it, it listen, uh, if I didn't make you earn it, you wouldn't respect me. I think we all agree on that. <laughs> you know. This is, these are the types of things our parents said to us when we were kids, <laughs> and we nodded, and we nodded, and then we tried to break that rule every time, didn't we? Okay, anyway, moving right along. <laughs> Charles, uh, obviously we've been talking about the Browns offseason for, for going on two full months now as they didn't make the playoffs, and uh, we've questioned literally everything of the entire organization down to the studs of the building that they are built on. So because yep. you haven't, uh, the, where I want to start with you is, as we are uh, knee-deep 
in the offseason, yeah. what's your biggest question about the Browns going forward? Whether or not they can take the cloud of last year and have it go away enough that they can just go about their business. And what I mean by the cloud of last year is, as soon as Deshaun Watson was signed, you know, and the debate had started before he signed, but we all knew whoever landed Deshaun Watson, that debate was going to go and go and go and go and go. And then the 11-game penalty was handed down. So immediately you thought, well, this season's pretty well shot. Okay, because, you know, are we really going to hold the fort? No offense to Jacoby Brissett, but the idea of going to the playoffs, doing things, probably wasn't in the cards at that point. Then he comes back at the end of the year, and, of course, the circus is playing Houston. Here we go. And then they finish the year, blah, 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 blah. Now, all that changes this year, I think, because what's left to talk about? Punishment has been handed out. Whether you agree or disagree with it, he's playing. Can the Browns now kind of get ready for a season somewhat in peace and then let their play just kind of take over and go from there. That's how I see it from the outside guys. I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I will tell you as soon as, soon as, you know, the, the sweepstakes was there, Hey, congratulations, you got it. I was like, God, they're in for a rough year. <laughs> I mean, they just are. And, and, and especially since we didn't even know how many games at that point. And then once that was handed down, I was like, all right, let's talk about 2023 and let's get there. Charles, when you look at what Deshaun Watson did last year for for just six games, is it fair to to judge him on that and and to feel like uh, you know that because to me I, I think it wasn't good enough, obviously. And, yeah. And I I don't know. I mean, I I look back to 2020 when he was fantastic, led the league in passing. All those yeah. numbers were great, right? But now we've got this six game sample size. Is that a big enough sample size yeah. to kind of warrant our expectations going forward? I don't think it's a big enough sample size, but guess what? That's all you're. That's all we're getting. Yep. And I don't think that. Listen, I've known you guys for a long time, right? You know me. I do believe that we have a a pretty decent idea that we have a a, a decent grasp on this game of football, right? He's been out how long? <laughs> and and the idea that he was going to come back and light it up, I think we all kind of felt. You know, this might not go great. He hasn't played in forever. He's in a new city in a new system, and he gets to play in cold weather now, which has not been his forte because he never really played in it at Clemson. Houston, he had a dome. You get the whole idea. And we're going to expect him to come back and be the Deshaun Watson that, that made him the coveted free agent. I, I think we all knew that was somewhat folly, but we all hope for a Disney ending, right? We all hope for, for that type of, oh, my God, he's unbelievable. Now he gets an entire off season. He gets an OTAs, a mini camp. He gets a chance to, to to bond and form time with that team and not be there. And then, oh hey, you can't come in the building for the next X number of weeks. That's all out the window now. He gets to go into a normal deal. He's already played some ball last year. I think really, for judging, the clock starts now, and and it starts with next season. And frankly, I expect him to be much closer to the Deshaun Watson that everybody coveted than the Sean Watson that we saw last year. I think we were asking too much if we thought he's going to be outstanding right from the word go. He's been out too long. Charles Davis, NFL Network analyst on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Charles, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, we, the, the Browns need new receivers around Deshaun, and they need this, and they need that, and maybe a new play caller and a system change. I, I, I just, it seems as if, Maybe the Browns themselves seem to be overreacting to that six-game sample size. 
in terms of building around Deshaun from here, what do the Browns really need to have around Deshaun for him to be able to get back to being the best iteration of himself? Well, look, you know, the offensive line is always a starting point, but you've got two big-time guards, right? you got to tackle that when he's healthy, he's a heck of a player. I don't think that's the major concern. More receivers never hurts, okay? Never hurts, but you might get some growth from some of the guys you have already. Okay, I still have, ho- I still have hopes for the young man out of Purdue, that he can be a little bit more than what we've seen so far. But anytime you get a chance to get more people to add to those guys who could make those extra plays, and remember – you need receivers who are going to stay in sync with him because it's not the first reaction with him that probably is going to kill defenses. It's his second reaction, third reaction movements and plays that shred people and find people open. So when you can find receivers who can get on the move, get in sync with him, that's terrific. And we all know Kevin Stefanski loves those tight ends. If he can get back and get that full tight end system instituted again, I think that'll be a big help because, oh, yeah, you got some people who can run the football. Charles, when you look at the uh, the Browns' defense, they bring in Jim Schwartz as new defensive coordinator, replace yeah. Joe Woods, and, and obviously Jim Schwartz has a great pedigree and has been around the league for a long time. Is this an upgrade? You think a uh, defensive coordinator? You know, I, I hate to do, I hate to get into all that upgrade, downgrade that thing because I I don't like to mess with people's careers. But let's just keep the focus on Jim Schwartz. Everywhere he's been, the defenses have been outstanding. Right? They have been excellent. They play to a system and a style with him that, hey, if you are a defensive end or a defensive front guy, you're the motor that makes everything run because he wants to keep his back seven really clean, right? He wants them to be able to cover, go to the football, make plays, and not have to be the extra man in to go create pressure. If you're a front four guy, <laughs> he's looking at Miles, he's looking at Miles Garrett, obviously going to lead the charge. Who's going to come along with him? and create that front forward pressure so he doesn't have to do anything extra. Look at all the defenses he's had, and when they've been at the top of their game, they've had all of that, and the back seven have been, been the guys who have resulted, who have, who have been the beneficiary of what that front group has done, right? Javon Kurse when he was the freak in Tennessee. Okay, think about Philadelphia when he was there and with the pressure he put on people. When he went to the playoffs in Detroit, with Indomitian Sue and those guys dominating up front, letting the back end go and play. That's what I think he's going to want to build and, and work with. And by the way, anyone who can start with Miles Garrett probably feels pretty good about having a chance to be really good on defense. Charles Davis, NFL Network analyst on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. He's in the uh, he's in Indianapolis for the combine. Charles, uh, what are the most intriguing storylines to you heading into combine week? Well, normally we want, we start with quarterbacks and end with quarterbacks, right? And they are still a big feature on this about who's quarterback friendly, a bit needy, who's going to move up and try and get some of these guys. Just how high do you go to get some of them? Because there's a, you know, it, it, Daniel Jeremiah, my colleague in the NFL Network, says there's holes in all of them, right? But which ones do you value more than others? Um, but today with the news with Jalen Carter breaking, you know, who possibly could have been the number one draft pick in the entire thing out of Georgia, that may change things a little bit at the top because Chicago could easily dangle, hey, we can just take Jalen Carter. We have a quarterback. How important is it for you guys to come get someone? Does that change things for them? Does it change things for the rest of the league? You know, do they say, hey, you know something? Maybe there's another quarterback we want, and they make a move. Do they trade, you know, do they trade Justin Fields? 
to get more players. They have a lot of different ways they can go, and I'm fascinated by which option they're going to take. It's almost like watching a game show, curtain A, curtain B, curtain C. Where will Ryan Poles, the GM, go with all of this? And to me, I find that fascinating. But receivers, normally a huge topic of conversation. I think there's depth but I don't think there's superstar power at the top, right? How many, how many years did we go with six, seven receivers getting picked? This year, we're not getting anywhere near that number, I don't believe, in the first round. Who, who do you think is uh, the best receiver in this draft? Best receiver in this draft? If you, had, if you had to pick one. If I had to pick one, I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba is a phenomenal route runner, but he's not a super dart and sometimes that scares people off a little bit. I do think that Quentin Johnson from TCU is a big horse. Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee is a big, big play guy, but people want to see him operate in tighter confines because my balls did a great job of scheming and, and creating a lot of open space. I think that healthy Smith and Jigba might be at the top of my board. I, I really think he's, he's, he, he can be a special guy. But he probably just won't blow the doors off of you in terms of the testing and, and, and running the forties, and that that might be the thing that might keep people away from saying, "Well, he's he's that guy." I know a lot of people like Zay Flowers from BC. I really feel like he might be more of an inside guy than an outside guy, and I'm not sure that puts him at the top of my board. So I'm working through a lot of this stuff, as you guys know, and I may have different answers down the down the road. But as we sit here right now, if Smith and Jigba is, is healthy. It's hard for me to get off of him right now at this point in time at Ohio State. Charles, maybe the most important question we could possibly ask you, uh, what combine test could you still ace? Ooh. Well, let's see. The Wonder Lick put a hammer lock on me, and thank God it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> the 40, it, just me getting into a stance, I'd either cramp up or pull something. Um, three cone, yeah, that wouldn't go so well. Bench press, ah, <laughs> the bar might crush my chest. Um, I will tell you what, what I could most ace is saying goodnight and going to sleep. <laughs> that, 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 that would be it when I, when I say goodbye in my interview process and go to my room, I could ace that. But not that curfew. Is I mean, it is, it is unbelievable. It is unbelievable what I'm seeing now and thinking back to when I played and went through all this. And, you know, by no means did I ace the combine then. But my goodness, the athletes that are running around now, yeah, evolution's real, folks. If only I could have evolved. If only I could have evolved. Charles, uh, enjoy Indianapolis. We expect food pictures on Instagram. That's what you're supposed to do these days. And uh, (laughs) thanks again for your time, buddy. We always appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot. Do me a favor. If you see any, any Instagram that you think is mine, Please let me know. I haven't been on social media since 2020, so that means someone has got to got to me. All uh, right? You got it. We will alert you, buddy. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Be good. We haven't really talked about the fact that the Browns actually don't have a starting center right at the moment. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Is, it, is that an important position? I think it's kind of an important position. And I think there seems to be a hubris that they're just going to re-sign Ethan Posick. Yeah, here's here's the thing. If I'm that guy, and like he was a bust in Seattle, came here, was really really good last year. Uh-huh. I'm gonna go out and hit the market. I'm gonna get everything I can. You can love uh, Bill Callahan. You can like. I, so my point is not that he won't be back. 
it's that you got to test your market if you're that guy. Because this could be his chance to get paid chance in the to NFL. Get a payday, for sure. So I'm a little squeamish about that. The thoughts on the wide receivers. I've kind of come around to thinking that saying the Browns need another wide receiver or two might be a massive overreaction. Need is just a heavy word for me. I'm okay with, like, I love Charles said, well, you can never have enough receivers. Fair. That is a great take. Like, all right, well, we got Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis. Do we want Nuke Hopkins? Well, yeah, if you put him in there, go ahead and do it, right? But, like, do you need Nuke Hopkins if you're Josh Allen in Buffalo? Well, probably not. Need, probably not. You need a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. You need mm-hmm. a, a really stout defensive line. Or, if you can't have that, you need to have a great secondary. Or you need to have great quarterback play. Yeah. Well, but my, my point is, I think really good wide receivers do make quarterbacks better. I also don't think it's a thing that make or break quarterbacks. I, I, no, you got to have a couple good ones. I mean, you can't just go out there with, with, with a couple of slappies and expect to be able to, you know, you put the ball in a perfect position. That guy still has to come up with the catch, right? Yeah. So you've got to have good players. We know that. Uh, the Browns do have a couple of good ones. Um, I mean, it, I, I think they can use some more depth there. Yeah. So it's it's interesting the depth thing because I you I, know honestly I, I feel like the Browns have some young talent. Like I I agree with uh, what um, Charles said there. I mean, still want to see what 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 uh, Bell can do, mm-hmm. right? I think Peoples Jones has really come along. I'm higher on him than apparently you are. Uh, Mari, I said he's a good two or three receiver. Yeah, I think he's I think he's got a chance to be pretty good. You think he could be a number one? Um, maybe, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah like, that's just that's like, just kind of like, I feel like Donovan Peoples Jones, uh, at the end of his contract, his rookie deal, mm-hmm. could get a payday. I think that's fair. I also think that's like like pay, yeah. I mean, like Alan Lazard might get a payday, and Alan, I that, what seven hundred fifty yards last year. This is the last year on his deal, right? For DPJ, for DPJ yeah. yeah. And then next year he'll be a restricted free agent. What's his contract? Uh, it's still his rookie contract. Yeah, but I mean, did he sign a three or a four year deal? Because he's played three years. I'll but, look it up. But he hasn't hit restricted free agency, and you need to hit that before you're unrestricted free agent. That's just what that was how I was thinking about it. Um. Oh lord, we've gone down the spot track rabbit hole. Yeah. How do we pull out? Pull up. Pull up. So so but but I guess my point is like if you look at the brown side of the ball. They're already uh, on the offensive side of the ball. They're already he'll be unrestricted after this year because he signed a four year deal. If it was a three year deal, he he'd had to go through restricted free agency. Okay, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he'll be a UFA next year. Um, I think he might get paid. I think he will. If he has another year, he catches sixty to seventy balls again this year, and does the same productivity or maybe even better. Let's mm-hmm. say he approaches a thousand yards, which is something Jarvis Landry couldn't do here, and mm-hmm. he was our number one. Uh, I think that Donovan Peoples-Jones probably gets a pretty nice payday by somebody to maybe be a number one. I think I think you're uh, nice payday and being number one. I just I, it's it uh, like it that's not as important to me. Um, I do I agree with you on the the, the nice payday, and I I th- actually think that the Browns at some point have to make a decision between paying Amari and paying DPJ. Mm-hmm. I just don't because neither guy is a clear number one yet. Um, I don't think you can pay both, right? If you had two number ones, like in in Cincinnati, I think T. Higgins is a number one on like 75% of teams in the NFL. Pay T. Higgins. 
Don't be an idiot. Don't be cheap. Don't be stingy with the bullets. All right? Pay T. Higgins. It you can't T. Higgins can't help it that he just happens to play across from maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL, Jamar yeah. Chase. I don't think that's the case here. But I think overall, like, I think I feel like we've opened up a can of worms that because Deshaun didn't play well the final six games of the year, everything has to change. They got to completely rework the offense. Uh, you got to get another running back in. You got to get another tight end. And you got to, uh, it's like, okay, yeah, it'd be nice to have a better second tight end. It'd be better. It'd be really nice to bring back Kareem Hunt, which they don't seem interested in doing. It'd be really great to just have a fully stocked bar for the entire offense at every position. You also don't have the assets to do that. And you've already spent considerable assets on the wide receiver side of the ball. You've got four draft picks right now. Anthony Schwartz, Michael Woods, David Bell, and, oh, uh, Dalen Baldwin. You've already got four developmental wide receivers on your roster. And so I think the Browns, I, I really, I've come around to thinking, I think saying that the Browns need another wide receiver in that room is, I, I think it's overthinking it. Deshaun Watson's supposed to be the guy that makes, to, to make wide receiver better. Like, he's made Kiki Kuti, and I just love saying that name. He made Kiki Kuti a NFL wide receiver. Who has not been that, by the way, mm-hmm. since Deshaun Watson left Houston. So, I feel like, even though I'm not real like excited about the idea of giving Anthony Schwartz more run, I think you got to go ahead and bring these young guys back. Because you already have two starting wide receivers. Like, how many starting wide receivers do you need in the NFL? Well, I think you you certainly have to have a couple. I think they got two, right? I mean, if you're if you're uh, now on the, the the DPJ train, yeah. I said he's a starter. I just said he's not a number one yet, and I think he is topped out as a two. Because like, but I, so how, but, how's he topped out? He's been in like three years, and he just had his best year. Because because talent wise, like there there's some limitations with him. What? Okay, tell me. He's not a burner. He's not like he's he's a good player, but he's not incredibly big. Like all the things you look for in a franchise premier number one wide receiver. Again, just saying he's not that is not a slight of the guy, but he doesn't he have those four things. Or five, like it's fast enough. Okay, but he's not a burner. He's not. Um, okay, well, it, how many great receivers are burners? I mean, I would say the NFL has quite a few. I would okay. say Jamar Chase is a burner. No, he's a four-four guy. Okay, so it's not to say that I'm not saying the guy's a slappy. Yeah, but we're, now we're comparing him to the best receiver in the game. Well, no, but because that's the conversation we're talking about. If he's a number one wide receiver, yeah. Well, I don't no, think there are 32 no, there are, number one wide receivers are, in the NFL. Yeah, well, okay, then, then there you go. Yeah. So it's like first-round picks. Every year there aren't definitively 32 first-round picks. You probably have 20 first-round picks, and then you probably have another 25 to 30 true second-round picks. And then, mm-hmm. you know, some years you have 40 third-round picks. That's the way I feel about uh, DPJ. Okay. So I, I guess the point is, why can't DPJ – or why why can't you make it work for a year if you're the Browns with what you have, a wide receiver, and see if – Schwartz, oh, they can, Woods. They can make it work, but the problem is, you know, not the problem for us, but I mean the problem for, for the people there that have the jobs, 
Stefanski and Barry and company, those people realize, I'm sure, that they don't have they don't have time to wait. Mm-hmm. They can't. There's no more experiments. Well, yeah, with but, this team. But so I, to me, it's more just like selectiveness. If if they didn't have young young wide receivers on the the roster, I'd I'd actually agree. Like if they hadn't already spent four draft assets on wide receivers in the last two or three years, I'd be in a hundred percent concurrence. But everything that people say about Kevin Stefanski, we well, can't judge Kevin Stefanski until he gets seventeen full games with uh, with Deshaun. Why don't we say that about the the same thing about the wide receivers? Like, in fairness to kind of what you were saying, I don't think DPJ can be a number one. But do we know that until we've seen them play together for 17 games? Actually, more importantly, until they've had a full offseason interrupted by shenanigans and noise. Same thing with any of the young receivers. Like, David Bell. I know he's more of a, a slot receiver possession guy, but like, Okay, can he not take a step forward? It just feels like if you go out and you say, all right, we're going to pay Paris Campbell $10 million a year when you need at least one starting defensive tackle, an edge rusher, a Mike linebacker, uh, safety, at least one safety. Uh, You have to make a decision on A.J. Green whether to bring him back. You need a starting center. Um, Oh, and by the way, you don't have a first-round pick. and You've got two picks in the top 100 one of which is barely in the top 100. It just feels like there's a run there's a numbers game here that I feel like the most obvious thing that you can do is say, well, let's go ahead and wait and see if any of these young guys can be the receivers that Deshaun needs because we've already committed that draft capital. Let's not overreact to that when we have very obvious holes in like real needs. Mm-hmm. Why they might need a wide receiver, but that's a might. You also might get into camp and realize, oh man, Michael Woods the second is now your third wide receiver, and you're good to go. Or man, maybe Nick was wrong about Amari about uh, DPJ, and he's taken a big leap after working in a full off season. With he took uh, a massive leap last year. But I, yeah, I'm not you. You, you think I hate DPJ? I don't, I don't understand. I, I'm, I guess I'm confused, but... About what? I, I feel like you don't think... That- we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guys can can continue to make like you don't think that potentially he could be the number one receiver on this team. I, I mean, okay, on this team, so that's relative. All right, maybe that. I'll agree with that. He could be the number one receiver on this team is currently constructed. Okay. So now look at that. We found some common ground. Hmm? Look at that. Friends forever. Dom. Friends forever. What you got for us, Dom? Good afternoon, guys. How What's you up, man? Um, since, you, since you brought up the receivers, I wanted to get your opinion. Where do you uh, put the receiving core as a need for this team heading into the next season? Because I've felt for since last year, um, as long as Schwartz can at least be somewhat serviceable, you know, maybe, you know, 
100% improvement from last year. And what I mean by that is like touches and production, even though it wasn't much. But if he can be more serviceable, Bell can take a next step and be, you know, a legitimate everyday guy. I don't think receivers are pressing need for this team. And the biggest reason to say it is because we have Deshaun Watson, and we've seen what this offense can do in the past with a quarterback not as good as Deshaun and Baker. And then I'll take that question to you guys. Do you think the receiving core we have today is better than any of the receiving cores we had under Baker? So, I mean, it's tough because Jarvis and Odell had certainly reached a level. Jarvis of, of level of play here, his best level. Odell of kind of what he had done beforehand. I don't know that they're better, but, like, I do think you have a well of talent. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Real Savior P was talking about the Brown separation numbers last year. A lot of the things we're talking about there are separation for Amari and DPJ. We're not talking about the young guys. That's my point is I don't know the Browns who put all this collateral. I mean, four draft picks yeah. for wide receivers is an ass load over three years or really the last two years of, of collateral to throw at the wide receiver at any position. So I don't know the Browns can definitively say um, – you don't have the guy that can be the separation guy. Like David Bell, probably not going to be it. Michael Woods flashed some real stuff at OK State. Anthony Schwartz, like, yes, we want to write him off because we're sick of that dude dropping balls. How many games did Anthony actually play with Deshaun? We can't just be picky and choosy when we say, oh, well, you know, uh, X guy only got X amount of touches with Deshaun, so we should give him the benefit of the doubt. Even guys that kind of annoy us like Anthony belong there. To answer Dom's question, I don't think wide receiver this year because that's the conversation. We don't just look at things in a one-year vacuum. you got to look at over the next three years. This year, though, if I just do it down to one year, I think it's not even a top five need. I'll give you the I'll, 216-578-0092. The more I've thought about it, You've already spent resources on wide receivers. Most wide receivers don't come into the NFL as Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, right? Donald Driver, Greg Jennings. Like, look at guys who've been drafted in the second, third, fourth round and beyond. A lot of those guys didn't become who they were supposed to be till years two, three, or four. The Browns have a lot of guys, wide receivers, that are going into year two, three, four. And it's going to be your first year with Deshaun. I think you stand pat at wide receiver. And I think... And I think trying to rewrite the entire offense while also making decisions on Amari and, and DPJ for contracts and then setting sail on some of these young guys could be a, a mistake in terms of how you built this roster. So can I interest you in the Browns waiting a year on wide receivers? I'm just here where it's like, it's not that I'm saying long-term the Browns don't need to figure out what they have at wide receiver. I'm saying... You know, like I heard, I can't remember who was listing off one of the shows before us today was listing off the wide receivers drafted in the first round the year Justin Jefferson went. And so Justin Jefferson is 22 and 21 is Jalen Rieger. And so it it highlighted something that I, th I think sometimes we miss. The Browns might need a wide receiver. But the idea that we can just, oh, we're going to draft a guy at 42 and then that's going to be the guy, that's a big ask. Wide receiver specifically is one of the toughest, and, and cornerback goes right up there as well, one of the toughest positions in the NFL to go from yep. uh, from from college to the NFL and year one be great. 
so considering you've already spent two third rounders in Schwartz and Bell, two six rounders on DPJ and um, Michael Woods a second, and oh by the way you got Dalen Baldwin, who teased a lot this year and kind of practice and and even on the field, you had five young wide receivers. Oh, and you got Amari Cooper, who's one of the who's one of the most productive wide receivers and one of the best route runners in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Why not just and maybe maybe take another guy in the fourth or fifth round, but the idea that they should spend five to ten million dollars a year in free agency when that is the biggest hit or miss race, wide receivers in free agency. I mean, you're talking about littered. And I like DJ Chark. I love the Paris Campbell idea. I don't know I love it more than having a good starting center. I don't know that I love it more than this year addressing starting defensive tackle, edge rusher, Mike linebacker, or safety. And those are my five. You need a starting center. And to people saying Nick Harris, when Nick Harris can can stay healthy for like 12 games, I'll start considering Nick Harris an actual football player. <laughs> All due respect, I feel bad for the guy. I wish he could stay healthy for him so he can pursue his dream, but like I'm not counting on that guy to be a starter. Mm-hmm. Can't stay healthy. Safety? I'm sorry. What is it? DeAnthony Bell? Ah, those three games of D-Bell. I loved what I saw there. Mike Linebacker, just bring back Anthony Walker, but still, you got to pay him. Yeah, not much, though. And I think, I think in the end, you're going to have to make a decision between Amari and DPJ. And I don't mean this year, but I think you should let this year be the year that makes your decision on whether to pay which guy. Because I don't, if, if, if we're going into this year saying, ah, well, neither guy might be the perfect fit with Deshaun. Right. Then you, you shouldn't seriously consider extending both. And you can't extend both. And ju- I'm just thinking, I'm surely thinking of like basic cap management, asset management. You're not at a point where you can spend on both receivers and then we're also going to bring in another veteran if these rookies, or we're going to spend another second round pick on a wide receiver. They're if these not going to spend don't a second out. round pick on a wide receiver this year. Uh, uh, no, you don't think so? No. Why not? Because uh, I, I agree with Zach. I don't think they're going to pick there. I think they trade back. I think they try to get assets, or I think they move it for a player in a deal. What would you prefer? What would I prefer? Yeah. Um, I honestly don't really have a preference. I mean, you're picking at forty two, so you're probably taking for for best need available and and. They don't have a first-round pick, so this is a team we mm-hmm. know their tendencies. They're going to try and create more assets. They're gonna they're gonna trade back. I unless it's like a no BS. Because here's the the problem with trading for somebody is that you got to pay them, right? So I don't want to trade the second-round pick for New Hopkins because I don't want to pay New Hopkins. Different type of player, but I I've already got the guy. I'd rather trade Greg Newsom for a wide receiver like a Jerry Judy. I'd rather do that and then pay the guy. But again, I'm going down the weeds here. Um, I absolutely think it makes this is the, of all the years. 40, 42nd pick would be great to have. Yep. It might be better to have the 55th pick and the 76th pick. <laughs> like, I, it, but again, I don't think if you do your job in building your roster in free agency and trade. The draft should be about building your bench and building out the next three years. And that's where, to me, 
That, to me, is where the wide receiver need falls. You just can't spend real money or a top 64 pick on a wide receiver. Not this year. Lewis, welcome to the show. What you got for us? I have a question. I presented this to uh, uh, Ken Carmen and, and Anthony Lyman this morning or yesterday, and they scoffed at me. What Those bastards. You, moving Emerson out uh, into safety and splitting Newsom back out, out wide. Why would you do that? Because, for one thing, we still can't cover. We still can't cover tight ends. And you know Emerson can cover, so he can cover a tight end. What's real quick? What's more valuable? Real quick, Lewis. What's more valuable? An outside wide, uh, outside cornerback, uh, or uh, safety? Wait, a minute, I, I didn't quite catch you. Would you say again? Bet that again. What is more valuable to a team? An out, a cornerback who can cover on the outside, or a safety? Okay, I give it to you. A corner who can cover on the side. I think Noose can do a pretty decent job out there. Um. Yeah. I. So my thing is, and I thank you for the call. I will not scoff you off the air. Ken scoffed hard. Ken about scoffed Lewis out of the state. Um. To me, it feels like. It feels like diminishing the value of a really good young player, to go ahead and try and find a hole or to to fix a hole. When it probably makes more sense just to bring in a veteran safety. Even if you can't get in whatever the equivalent of John Johnson the third is, that's kind of where we are. What do you so for you, what do you think about the cause you're the former cornerback. Yeah. Um MJ to safety. No. No. He he to me, he's a pure cornerback. Um watched him in college, watched him play last year. He is the prototypical cornerback. Like he's long, he's great in man coverage, he allows you flexibility. He doesn't have to be a number one corner, even though he played like it at times last year. He was played like one of the best corners we had. So, no, I do not see him moving to safety. I also just think, like, you can never have enough good safeties. Or, sorry, good safeties. Corners? Good corners. Well, it's nice to have corners that are, Keith, are flexible. Go ahead. Keith, do you think we should scoff him off the air? Yeah, I think it was a stupid idea. Like, that's why, top five why, stupid why, thing. Why can't you? Not top five stupid. Yeah, I've heard way dumber. Idea. I've heard way dumber. Like Trading a first-round pick for New Hopkins is dumb. Really, Emerson basically stole a starting spot last year at Agreed. a corner. Agreed. You're one injury away from being really thin there. Agreed. And why do you take a guy out of a, a position that he's excellent at to put him in a position that he's not played and think that he's just going to pick up from where he left off and play at safety like he did at corner? That's not we, – we've seen that. People think you can just move guys around where they've been from different from what they've been playing their whole life because they're a good athlete. It doesn't work that way. All right, Keith has convinced me. We will now scoff. Well, why would you not just Lewis. go out and get uh, either draft a guy or get a veteran that's been playing that position, and you know that they're good at that position, rather than just counting on a guy? Hopefully, he can learn it, and maybe a year or two from now, he'll be a really good safety. You're just you're wasting a year of him being an elite corner, paying him nothing. We're in agreement with you, but you are a lot angrier. He's than we very, are. He's that was, angry that was a today. really dumb idea. All right, uh, would you like to scoff at Lewis? Yes. Well, can you scoff now? Into the I need the sound effect from you guys, though. Well, why? What, but what you're the, the scoffer. I can't scoff effect? at Lewis because I don't well, believe it. We can't it. use the kick sound effect. That's a morning show thing. All right. So I do we go? Face, do we go? Oh, is that oh, a scoff? Oh, oh, oh. No, that's Andrew Hody being tickled. Um, what's a scoff sound like? <laughs> that's a good scoff. That's a pretty good scoff. All right, now your pretty, turn. Pretty good. I'm not going to break till you scoff. <laughs> that's a damn good scoff. Nobody scoffs like Keith Britton. He just doesn't like to do it on air. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.